Thinner Logs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy grounded in shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Hi everybody, my name is Eric Arnault, and this is a bonus episode of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast, The Nerdalogs After Dark, recorded at 11pm last week at the Chicago Nerd Comedy Festival. The Nerd Comedy Fest is in its second year in the city, and was a wonderful time that the nerds were thrilled to be included in. Uh, even though you'll hear this a couple times throughout the show, we definitely want to thank uh, Katie Johnson-Smith, Finco, and all the other wonderful folks working hard to make that fest a reality. It was just a great, great time. Definitely go next year if you missed it this year. Hopefully you didn't. But in this episode, you'll hear from a sweet mixture of fest performers and staff, including the Nerdalog's own Chris Geiger, Katie Johnston-Smith herself, musical comedian Matt Griffo, Andy North from Planetary Defense Force, John Ugolini and Brian Work from Mishinoku Driver, and from Hooprov, Stephen Kropa. You'll also get some music from me, Dwight Hassler, and Claire Friedman, as the usual. Uh, if you enjoy your stories, we record the third Sunday of every month at the Public House Theater, 3914 North Clark Street in Chicago. The show is always free to attend, and if you have a story to tell, you could get on this very podcast. Well, not this one, because, like, it's released, then, you know, you know what I mean. Our next recording is Sunday, August 20th at 7pm, and we're featuring the fine folks from Improvised X-Files. Keeping with that, our theme will be The Truth, parentheses, is out there, and parentheses. So come share whatever that makes you think of. Uh, we are also doing, and this is really exciting, a special Your Stories recording at C2E2 in Chicago at the end of the month. More details on that will be released very soon. Uh, until then, don't forget to check out our other great Nerdalogs podcasts, like the Nerdalogcast, MBSing with Mary Beth Smith, and Talking Games with Tim and Clayton. And, of course, thanks for all your support. Please enjoy the show.
song's about a prostitute. <laughs> so that would be a lady of the night. Yeah. So, and then to go on to things that go bump in the night. Yeah, I actually wasn't sure why we picked this song until you mentioned that. I just, I think the music video takes place at night too. But if you want the real reason, we just never actually had a chance to record this. Oh yeah, this is a podcast too, everybody. I didn't want to mention that. Like pick this one. I was like, oh, and we've actually already done that once in a in a show that was not recorded. That's true. So I, I thought of it before I remembered that we had done it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we actually just saved a lot of work unintentionally for us guys. Anyway, here's Duh. a song by the band of Monsters and Men. One, two, one, two, three. The stairs creak as the sleep is keeping me awake. It's the house telling you to close your eyes. And some days I can't even dress myself. It's killing me to see you this way. Cause though the truth may vary, this ship will carry our bodies safe to shore. Outside when we were young and full of life and full of love. Some days I don't know if I am wrong or right. Your mind is playing tricks on you, my dear. Cause though the truth may vary, this ship will carry our bodies safe to shore. Chris Geiger. Chris Geiger! 
Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, hello. I'm a very important person. I have a badge. <laughs> uh, so, um, over the course of this evening, we'll hear from a slew of wonderful speakers, uh, varying on different platitudes and themes, their stories. In a way, it's kind of amazing we're at this stage doing this event on this night for this group of people. I wax philosophical a lot about the hows and wheres, but when I think about getting here to this event from a sweatbox in Ukrainian Village four years ago because of a sketch show, my head spins faster than Kirk breaks the prime directive. <laughs> and it's fair to say that my story is more or less our story. Collectively, everyone who is in attendance tonight and those who will follow over the weekend with their own unique brands of comedy and music, storytelling, and improv. It's also fair to say, however trite, that it is a big, very big honor for me to stand here and speak in front of all of you today at this sort of event. You see, over 10 years ago, almost to this day, uh, I decided that I was going to take my own life. And before you recoil in terror... And or anger or get uncomfortable, let me say this, I know. As Mike Birbiglia would say, I'm in the future too. <laughs> and as a tender, introverted, overweight teenager, I felt hard into the depression that being a hard-nosed social outcast growing up in Mississippi should have. I didn't like hunting, trucks, or, or our state's role in the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> I liked other things, namely space and art and dreams of living in a city someday with a building that had more stories than three. I had friends, but having friends doesn't mean you're social, and I had interests, and those interests included a desire to not live here on this planet anymore and to be one with the infinite cosmos I was fond of. Now, why I say this is our story is that I'm almost certain, although I don't want to impose, that a lot of us in this social group have had similar feelings to this. Feelings of social remorse, eulogizing the fact that we didn't do sports, or maybe we didn't do calculus. Maybe we did sports, but we didn't do calculus. Or maybe we did both, but didn't have a relationship. Or maybe we had both, had the relationship, but are missing out on something further, beyond that, beyond what we imagine life is supposed to be, and thus are not living life as we should. I say this is our story because we're all here in varying ways and contexts, vying to be seen and heard because maybe we haven't been heard before. And this time, this show, this story, this joke, we'll have it all make sense. See, when I was in those heady years of discomfort with my own mortality, I couldn't sleep, if you can believe it. I squirreled away NyQuil every night to help me sleep under the guise of a cold that I couldn't shake. I still couldn't sleep. I drew for pages and pages and painted and wrote and tortured myself with the notion that when I was gone, people would find those works and make sense of what I was feeling inside because I couldn't. I didn't say anything to anyone because I didn't want to get help. Well, I was doing what, well, I, I didn't say anything on anyone because I didn't want to get help. I, I, was, I was doing for my psyche what someone with a terrible illness does by not going to the doctor. Don't acknowledge it. Ostriches have wonderful lifespans. Then one day I raged, and it boiled up inside of me like a fire that could not be doused, and I had a tantrum that saw all of the furniture in my room upturned and things torn off my wall. And I figured this was it. This was the time. And luckily, my mom intervened. And she, in her infinite wisdom, said we should go for a drive and get out of the house. And she confessed to not knowing what was going on with me and, I, and begged that I talk to her. And in a moment that I will remember forever, I would finally was able to say what I was feeling inside to someone. Nothing in my life has ever been as hard as that. And on a pier on a beach in Mississippi late at night, my mom told me, all, world, all words have consequences and actions do too. Whatever you do, you can't take back, so make sure you only put good into the world. And we drove back to my house, and she helped me pick up my room, and in that same year, I joined a theater program at my school and decided I would put my energy somewhere productive. I shared my drawings with people and was shocked when not only people liked them, but wanted me to do more. I shared and gave and realized that putting good out there, however you go about it, is much better than holding everything inside. Mm -hmm. 
Which brings me back to this being our story. Four years ago, we got involved with doing a little nerd comedy show in a sweaty space for a couple nights. We were known in the city as the nerd comedy group. And that was it. Now there's a nerd comedy festival in its second year, put on by wonderful people who have their own dreams and good to put into the world. And it's populated by new groups and talent that want to put their good into the world. And it's truly amazing to see this sort of thing grow. It's our story insofar as we could all just hoard these passions away and our stories away and never let the world see them. But this community is so great because we don't do that. So thank you all for being here tonight, honestly, or for the work you're doing or for what you're creating and sharing. I won't be as trite as to say you've saved my life, but maybe you've saved yours. So keep it up. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. You guys, be be thankful that Chris took the Nerdalog spot, because if I took it, I was just going to talk about strippers. So, <laughs> you know. Um, Chris talked about the wonderful nerd comedy community that Chicago has, and it's super true, and I, I love that that's the case. And someone who's working very hard to make that the case, who curated this festival, put it all together, is Katie Johnson-Smith. She'll be speaking next. Katie, come on down. Also, like, really, like, I wasn't joking when I said the Nerdalogs are, like, I've said this to them personally. They're one of the reasons this festival even exists, because they're so wonderful and great, and they've done a lot of good for the Chicago nerd community. So let's give a hand to them. (laughs) And I... Oh, (laughs) Guys, Claire and I are going to make out later. You can all record it. <laughs> um, I am a gullible adult, which uh, stems from a lifetime of just being generally gullible overall. And really, what is gullible? It's just having an open heart and believing people when they say things to you with a straight face. Uh, when I was a kid, and when many of us were kids, I think we all played the game Guess Who?, Yes. Uh, It was a super fun game that I found challenging, um, especially if my opponent had a white male with hair. (laughs) And then if my opponent had a black person, easy. Uh, This game had a commercial on TV where the characters would talk to each other and they would come live and be like, oh, here, blah, 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 blah. And um, I believed that this is what happened when you played the game or what happened when you put the game away and you weren't around. Even though there was a disclaimer that said, this doesn't happen, stupid kid. but I was very confused. So, and I believed that that game came alive after I went to bed. I believed that all of my toys came alive after I went to bed. And uh, maybe that's because I loved Toy Story and who cannot trust Tom Hanks. Um, Or maybe it was because I once walked into my bedroom and saw a conglomerate of my Beanie Babies and Barbies and my brother's action figures in compromising positions, which I thought they did on their own. (laughs) They didn't. My brothers didn't. (laughs) My brothers are perverts. Um, uh, But I, you know, I, I wanted to believe that this was true because it's nice to believe in magic and whimsy and a world beyond what we can see with our naked eye. And so, I may be gullible, but uh, I'd rather be gullible than cynical. Thank you, Katie. I, uh, I had similar thoughts about my toys as a child. And I don't think your brothers came over to my place and did things, so. <laughs> Unsolved mystery, am I right? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I mentioned we... <laughs> what did you say, Chris? You said you did 
Uh, sure. Um, so I mentioned we have other performers from the festival uh, who are, are entertaining us tonight. Uh, this gentleman's show was a few hours ago, so if you missed it, well, that sucks for you. I missed it because I was at work. But he is going to entertain us with an awesome song, Mr. Matt Griffo. There's a lot of things that are going on, obviously, always in the news, but a lot of stuff has been going on in the Ukraine and overseas, and I thought, because of all those things, that it's not funny. <laughs> so I thought, because of all those things, it was a perfect time to do a Halloween song. <laughs> To rescue you It's time to know that now your time has come skin man or lady you should get a loofah think about it let's move on to the next part the goblin makes you watch as he slowly kills a cat then Gary Greg will turn around and make you pledge his frat the ghost will follow you around until you scream and holler and then Gary will make you a popped Goes calm. Ghost schools, 
guy named Gary Gregg, who made mischief as Gary bangs your mom. So next time you're out at night, remember not to blink, or the ghosts will sneak up on you as Gary roofies your drink. You lock your door behind you saying, I'm glad I'm not dead. Then Gary whispers in your ear, that is what she said. Ghost, ghost, goblin, this and guy named Gary Gregg are coming soon to take you in the night. Or torture. Alright guys, uh, this gentleman's show is going to be 6pm uh, here on Saturday. I'm super excited to see it. It is an interactive game show. He's also got a stint at the Public House Theater, which is what nerdlogs are happy to call home. Mr. Andy North from Planetary Defense Force. Hi, everybody. Um, <clears throat> this, uh, first of all, is does anybody recognize this? No. Cool. I mean, like, legitimately, is this yours? Because here's the story. Let me read the description in case you don't recognize it by sight. This is a fiendish unicorn spawn dagger, the only blade that may sting a city troll. Its power is lost once the troll is killed. Its catalog number is BE slash 003. Anybody? Great question. My friend Mitch found this on the street in Logan Square 10 months ago. And he brought it to me and he said, do you know what this is? And I said, Mitch, this is a fiendish unicorn spawn dagger. It says right on the like label right here. It's not written in mystic runes, Mitch. And he said, no, I know, but I found it on the street and I figured if anybody would know who this belongs to, it would be you. And I said, I said thank you so much for saying that. Um, but no, I didn't know who it was. Uh, and so we went to look for it. And uh, the last thing I want to read you guys is what Mitch put on the internet to try and find it. But <laughs> my main thing is, like, um, one of the things that I was scared of growing up, being a nerd, was uh, to me the definition of nerd means doing something that you don't want to talk to other people about. Uh, and that makes it easier to be a nerd the older you get. Like, nobody's a nerd when you're five because you're pretending to be a cat and it's like shit <laughs> did you see those guys over there they're pretending to be cats it's like oh crap let's go <laughs> when we're adults that's why when we need rules that's when we need it to be a game but I feel like everyone has that as long as you give them an excuse to do something like nobody wants to carry a sword because there's nothing in your life that requires a sword unless you go to the renaissance fair and then it's like mm -hmm, I've got which of my 20 swords am I going to bring with me? <laughs> but if you are in the most uptight business office in the world and you hand someone a cardboard tube, like, you tell me that motherfucker is not going to start pretending they're holding a sword in their hand. He could be the CEO of Apple, and he's going to start pretending like there's a dragon in the room with him. Um, my mom uh, is the least interested person in science fiction or fantasy I've ever met in my life. Um, at Christmas time, I like to play board games a lot. I took home a game called The Resistance. Has anybody heard of The Resistance? It's basically werewolf where it's like everybody is, somebody is being evil and everyone's trying to figure out who the bad person in the room is before everybody dies. And uh, But the, the idea of it is that you're in a post-apocalyptic society and you're going on missions and there's this evil government that you're rebelling against, and you're the resistance, and you want to figure out who's the spy in the resistance. That's all. That's like the full explanation of the game. And I said those two sentences, and my mom was like, oh, I hate this game. Is there anything in this the girls are going to like? And I'm like, mom, just chill. Because we ended up playing the resistance for 10 hours over the next two days. Like, a, like an hour later, my mom was like, that's exactly what a spy would say. 
<laughs> and I think that's the thing, is you just need to give people an excuse to join you in whatever it is you're doing, because I don't think you ever lose the ability to want to be imaginative and pretend to be somebody else. To me, the idea that there's somebody going around the city, there might be a cave troll, I'm sorry, a city troll on the loose unstung is like the most exciting to me when I was a kid I didn't want to grow up and be a doctor I wanted to grow up and be a knight and you can't do that unless somebody lets you do it and we can be the ones that let other people do that so I want to read because here's the thing Mitch hates this crap too Mitch is the guy that found this in Logan Square and when he was looking for uh, he put a, a note on Chicago Classifieds looking for who the unicorn horn belongs to and this is what he wrote Apparent fiendish unicorn spawn dagger found on sidewalk in front of the Owl on Milwaukee Avenue in Logan Square. <laughs> Item tag defining dagger's powers and catalog number is attached. Contains grammatical error. <laughs> if protection from city trolls is still needed, please contact with information about the dagger and its... What he's making fun of is that its has an apostrophe in it, so it's the possessive when in fact... Uh, or I mean, so it's the contraction when it should be the possessive its powers to verify uh, inquire about the dagger and its powers to verify claim and arrange a transfer dagger tip was found broken effects on defense against trolls remains unknown <laughs> your servant Lord Emrod Prince of Serendip Milwaukee Avenue at Logan Boulevard now here's the thing he is trying to make fun of this but he invented a name for himself <laughs> so almost by accident it's like Mitch if we put you in chain mail and gave you an excuse and put a city troll a block away, I bet that Mitch would stab that thing too with a unicorn spot. So, uh, thanks guys. Thank you, Andy. Shit looks serious, man. It also looks super fun. Uh, there's a really great documentary about LARPing called Monster Camp that I really recommend. It's kind of like the, the bright and the not so bright side of, of that world. Uh, yeah, I can tell that you've seen it. <laughs> or we're in it? Uh oh, okay. Shortest. Uh, I got my first boyfriend when I was a senior in high school, and uh, he spent Valentine's Day watching that documentary by himself. <laughs> yeah! And I don't, what's wrong with that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, alright guys. Uh, the next group coming up, we got a couple speakers from the group Mishinoku Driver. Uh, and their show was a few hours ago too, so hopefully you also caught that. Um, Apparently, we do kind of similar things. Their show is sketches interspersed with monologues. That's what our show is. It's like, hey, guys, let's all let's just be friends. Let's let's nerd out together. So, Brian Work and John Ugolini from Mission Oak Driver, everybody. Our good friends. Hey, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Real quick, I just want to say how proud I am of Katie. Uh, when I first met her five years ago, she was just a young little nerdling. And now she's wearing a Star Wars dress. Um, and she's putting together this whole fest. So give a big hand for her again. So uh, we are Michinoki Driver. And uh, hi. Uh, we're going to talk to you guys about some, uh, some of the video games that kept us up late very long when we were kids. And or made us depressed. Yes. Uh, but these are going to be uh, tweets from the villains of those games in their last breaths. So uh, one of the games that I loved was Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the, the first RPGs I played after, like, Super Mario RPG and Suikoden. And before I ever played the game, I picked up the strategy guide, like, a week before it came out. And I read through the whole strategy guide before I'd even played the game. Not because I was trying to figure out how to play the game, but because it, the one I had told the whole story. And so I was reading the whole story of the game as it went. Um, but uh, Sephiroth right here, uh, at Sephiroth, says, uh, In hindsight, flying would have been much easier with a second wing. <laughs> <clears throat> this one is from a game that was very important to me uh, when I was younger, and I never realized until... Uh, maybe like a decade later, how racist it was. <laughs> this is from Super Punch-Out. <laughs> this is uh, at King Hippo 82 He says, FML, 
I knew I shouldn't have applied this telltale bandage to my stomach. <laughs> uh, does anybody remember X-Band? Anybody? Okay. It was like Xbox Live before Super Nintendo, so on a dial-up. Um, and it was back in like, you know, mid-90s, so it was not good. Uh, but I used to play Super Mario Kart on there all the time. Uh, I wasted more time on that game as a young teenager than any other game. And this is one right here from uh, at Mushroom Kingdom DOT. It says, I sure hope nobody tries to drive on Rainbow Road until we can get the railings installed. That thing's a death trap. It's <laughs> <clears throat> so a personal story of shame. Uh, when I was young, uh, it was my mom's birthday. We were on vacation at Disney World. And uh, my dad gave me $20 to buy my mom a gift. And I went with my sisters down to the general store in the resort to go get a gift. Uh, but I took a detour down to the arcade, and I spent all of it uh, playing Super Street Fighter 2. <laughs> and I remember uh, being intoxicated by the game. I figured out how to do Sonic Boom, how to do Flash Kick. And then the next thing I knew, I had spent $18. <laughs> So this one is from at M. Bison. It says, see you soon, at Raul Julia. I've got one here, too, from Street Fighter 2. It's from uh, at So Fabulous Vega. And it says, my only regret is never telling my closest friends I've secretly been, been gay this whole time. Hashtag too masculine for my own good. The rest of mine will be about Goldeneye. This was the first game I played uh, pretty much every single day for a calendar year with my younger brothers. <laughs> this is not about uh, the, the known characters in GoldenEye. This is about the unsung hero. This is uh, GoldenEye, uh, GoldenEye Guard uh, 37. He says, he's checked in at the facility. He says, at the facility bathroom, he says, Knew I shouldn't have chosen the stall with the mysteriously displaced air duct cover. <laughs> I used to play a lot of puzzle games. Uh, I think my favorites were, uh, yeah, uh, Puzzle Fighter. Anybody yeah. play that? Yeah, about Tetris, obviously. Uh, here's one from at Zigzag Block. And it says, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you need that straight line? Hashtag no Tetris for you. <laughs> this is from uh, GoldenEyeGuard37 again. He says... <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if anyone would notice if I died. <laughs> I think there's any game that I've enjoyed playing as much as Star, uh, StarCraft for a game that I sucked at. I was never any good at it. We played, it was always a group of our friends, and there were tiers. We had two people who were awesome, two who were really good, two who were decent, and then two who were complete shit. Uh, I was actually one of the somewhat decent ones, so I was, you know third out of four. Uh, but this is from at Blade Queen Kerrigan, and it says, so much for overrunning the world, what other job options are there for a hot chick with tentacles? <laughs> at GoldenEye Guard 37 says, I now realize that my inability to strafe has led to my demise. <laughs> Any Metal Gear Solid fans? Good. Okay, that makes this one better then. Yeah, I always loved that game because this, the plot made no sense whatsoever. Like, I always loved those games where they were fun, but you didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. So like Metal Gear Solid, Xeno Gears, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, this one is from at uh, Psychomantis47, and it says, should have seen that one coming. <laughs> Because he can read your memory Exactly. Because yeah. you better plug in the player too yeah. to beat him. It was that a terrible gimmick. Yeah. Uh, at, at guard 37 says, killed by a clob? I'm pretty sure that's not a real gun. <laughs> and uh, this last one here that I've got, it's um, from GLaDOS from Portal. And it just says, uh, I'm not sure what this means, it just says, but the pie was real. <laughs> I have one more from Goldeneye Guard 37. It says, At Bunker, help. 
Proximity mine explosion, exclamation mark. <laughs> Lower half of my body, suspended in air, moving independently from rest of body. <laughs> Hashtag rare problems. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Brian and John from Mishinoku Driver. Guys, where can where can these people see you next? Unless they could time travel back to two hours ago. Uh, if you do not have a DeLorean, um, we are performing next Tuesday at uh, One Group Mind at Lynx Hall. Uh, what was that? 9.30, I think? Yeah. We'll say that, yeah. Um, and then uh, we're probably be doing a run of our sketch show at some place, most likely in May. Cool. 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 Yeah, I love it. All right, guys, we got one more storytelling. Man. This fellow has done your stories before, and he killed it. So I was stoked to have him back. He's in the group Hooprov performing yeah. here tomorrow night. Mr. Stephen Kropa. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's give it up uh, one more time for Stephen Kropa. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so when Eric gave me the prompt of After Dark, uh, I, I've been watching a lot of True Detective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, that's right. no, there's not really any spoilers. It is. Uh, so I immediately thought of the quote. Um, to paraphrase, uh, I know we ain't in Alaska, but looks like me, the dark has more territory. And that's them looking up at the stars using stars and the night sky as an allegory for darkness in the universe. Um, and I never thought I'd, you know, face darkness in the universe, you know. I'm just a suburban white kid from New Jersey, and I like TV and movies, you know. Um, but one night uh, about, I'd say almost a year and a half ago, I was walking my friends back to the Granville Red Line. I lived up in Edgewater. Uh, we had a nice night. We watched uh, the fantastic film Mystery Team. If you haven't seen Mystery Team, it's very good. Uh, watch it. It's a fun flick. Um, it was one of those nights, you know, a nice, nice quiet night, and it was really fun to hang out. And I was like, I'm going to cap this off with a pint of ice cream. Because <laughs> that's the serving. It's one. It's, that's, that's the serving of one. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to CVS. I walk down the street to go to CVS, one block over and two down. And uh, I'm waiting across the street, and it's one of those nights, you know. You, you just think to yourself, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. That old Kurt Vonnegut rule. Um, and I hear yelling behind me. And there's, there's bars there, and I, I think, you know, well, it's just bar yelling. Um, but as I hear it uh, more clearly, the woos uh, turn into no's, uh, and, and I knew something was wrong. Um, so I, I turned and, and looked, and, and against a, a wall, this this... A uh, young girl uh, was getting beaten on by this guy. Um, I know. And to, to call back, I know. Um, yeah, he's, he's just going at her. He, he, he's open hand slapping her. He's punching her in the gut. And I had never experienced seeing something like that before. Um, so I didn't know how I was going to react. I, I was was I going to be one of those people who, who turned and, and just kept on my merry way? Uh, am I going to be a person who, who keeps a distance and, and calls the police? Um, I, I didn't know. And before I realized what kind of person I was, I was already running over there. And, and so as I'm running over there and a voice coming out of my mouth that I didn't recognize as my own, I would later liken it to my father's of just stop, stop it. Get your hands off of her. And he did. And that shocked me even more. <laughs> this person who I've never met, I don't think myself as an intimidating person, but I guess I can be in certain darkness um, with a shade, uh, did. He stopped. He immediately stopped. And as, as soon as she was free, she started to walk away. And I, I got between them just to give her some more time, uh, essentially setting a pick, uh, which is the only sports term I know. Uh, <laughs> I had to look it up for the story. Uh, <laughs> I got between them. I had my hands up and my arms uh, open uh, to show I was not going to do any physical damage. I was just there um, to stop this. Um, and I used my context clues, and they're outside of a bar. It's a man and a woman. I said, uh, she doesn't want to go home with you, bro. And he said something to me that scrambled my brain. He said, that's my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know how to respond. So being that I'd only seen this kind of stuff in movies before, I said, and this exact 
Way. We'll talk to her like a man. I don't know what that means. But I said it, and it, it resonated apparently with him because he, he kind of nodded and was like, yeah, yeah. And he, I, I'd let her uh, uh, get far away enough. This is up uh, in Edgewater, so Loyola campus is right there. So there, there was a police station actually right underneath the, the Granville stop. Um, so, so we were in a safer area now that she had rounded the corner. So I, I, I felt okay kind of removing myself from the situation. But I, I was still jazzed. You know, I'd, I'd never done that before. I knew what kind of person I was at this point. Um, and I, I don't know what that guy had. You know, he could have had a knife. He could have had a, a gun. And I had, I've had one gun pulled on me before. Uh, it was in college. And uh, I, I, I was a little inebriated um, with green stuff. Uh, my mother's going to be listening, so I think that's code enough. Uh, I was high with weed. Um, uh, I went to Wendy's, and I got my usual. I got two junior bacon cheeseburgers, uh, 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 chicken nuggets, and an order of fries. Um, and I was happy. And I left the establishment, and a, a guy came up to me, and he said, what do you got in there? And I said, two junior bacon cheeseburgers, chicken nuggets, and an order of fries. And he said, let me get those nuggets. And I said, and, and probably the only time I've ever sounded like the dude, I, I said, they're like a dollar inside, man. <laughs> and then he pulled out a gun. <laughs> I was like, gave him the bag. <laughs> and he fished out the nuggets and gave me the bag back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> and so as far as muggings go, that's the best case scenario. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I knew that wasn't going to happen again. No, lightning wasn't going to strike twice. I didn't even have any nuggets on me. Uh, <laughs> so I went to CVS. I got my pint of Americone Dream, and I started walking back home. Uh, and I see about eight people standing watching something. And I think to myself, kind of laughing, I'm like, it can't be the same couple. And it was. And this time he's going full at it. He, he, I, I walked up just enough time to watch him pick this young girl up, slam her on the ground, and get on top of her and start hitting her. And just as I'm about to throw down my pint, uh, which is the whole purpose of me leaving my apartment today, was to get this pint of ice cream. I was about to throw it down and start and intervene again. That's when the police showed up, which I was like, oh, good, because I didn't know what was going to happen after I threw down my ice cream. <laughs> And so as the police stopped and they kind of settled everything down and got him handcuffed, uh, I just wanted to let them know that it happened around the corner. This was not a crime of passion, so to speak, in the moment. Um, and so as I walk up, the uh, police officer grabs his gun and says, whoa, 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 I was like, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a good guy. <laughs> That's what I said to him, and he goes, oh, okay. Are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just want to let you know this was happening around the corner. If that makes any difference, you know, legally. <laughs> and he said, sure. And he took down my statement. And I actually had to go to court twice uh, to kind of sit for this guy's arraignment. Um, and they don't separate you um, from these folks. Have you ever done this before? They have one court, uh, the Cook County Court of, of Domestic Violence uh, has one. That's this specialized in that. And they separate the, the men and the women uh, from going in to talk. Uh, and going into the courthouses. I didn't realize that. I just thought it was an organization. Um, so I'm a talker. I, I, I'm online getting ready to go into the courthouse, and uh, it's all guys, and I'm talking to these guys, and Gab, and talking about the weather and, and anything else. And then I realized that, oh, they're not all here to testify against somebody. Those hands I just shook probably caused some of those black eyes that I saw. So I immediately shut up and kept to myself. And the point of the story is, is you don't know what kind of person you are until you're in that situation. And, and it's never, it's not always, you know, the rebels versus the empire or, or you know, Avatar Aang versus Fire Lord Ozai uh, or Rava versus Vatu if you're keeping up with Legend of Korra. Um, you know, it's, it's more, it's very good. I like it. I, uh, you know, there's still darkness in people, and it happens, and it's around us. But if you can, and I trust that everyone in this room is is, is a uh, you know a soldier of light uh, to keep that going. 
you know, and, and to finish, as we referenced before, time is a flat circle. I want to finish with the response to that quote I opened with. I think you're looking at the sky all wrong. The light is winning. Thank you, guys. Guys, thanks for hanging with us tonight. This was sweet. Dwight, Claire, come on up here. We're going to take it out. All right, guys. So uh, definitely uh, sing along with us here. www.nerdalogs.com Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.